0: Not the cut, not the deep cut with the fucking Lord of the Flies. She's giving you references, darling. B-
1: bitches on an island. No, with, like...
0: Who's Piggy? Well, we know who's Piggy. Ooh.
1: Well, technically, Utica would be Piggy in this. Because <laughs> she'd probably be the only one like, guys, no. Welcome to Drag Nabbit, a new podcast about all things drag, whether it's Drag Race, Dragula, Drag Queens, or life just being a drag. We're here to kiki, serve tea, learn the children, and give hot takes on drag artistry and drag history.
0: And on today's episode, we're going to continue on in our coverage of RuPaul's Drag Race Season 13. This week... Our contestants had to serve up improv comedy on the Reboot of the Bossy Rossi Show, now in its After Dark format. And on the runway, the girls served up beads, beads, beads of all types. Some girls had us clapping and laughing for more, while others made us want to grab our channel changers. I'm Portia Control, a recent runaway from the cult of Mimology.
1: And I'm Syzygy, a recent inductee into the cult of Deborah. And this is The Of Deborah. <laughs> it's Dabora now.
0: Now we're all still a little, or actually not even a little, very heartbroken over the elimination of the one, the only, mm. Timmy Amon. But the show makes really quick work of getting over her and saying goodbye to our icon. But at least I guess Candy Ho feels a little bit bad about it and not super rude. Candy redeemed. Muse. Oop. Sorry, Candy Muse. Ma'am. Oop. Ma'am. You no, know we're going to keep that in too. Cause that's not what intentional. I think about her. Uh, wow. You know, the storyline is continuing on and we start to see that Elliot with two T's is sharing that she's feeling like an outsider and that's going to be basically, we know this is the central drama for the rest of the episode.
1: Right. And speaking of outsider, instead of focusing on the subpar reading challenge, uh, I thought it would be a good to like sort of just chat about the recent Elliot controversy. Okay, Uh, For those of you who don't know, Elliot has been accused of committing numerous racist uh microaggressions in the form of comments towards competitors like candy calling her quote unquote ghetto uh describing simone's do-rag train outfit as quote unquote ratchet
0: yeah and this is particularly damning given that the filming of this season occurred in the summer of 2020 right at the height of an increased national spotlight on the black lives matter movement in the wake of several murders of black people at the hands of the police, and there were nationwide protests that sprung up throughout the country in response. And so with these accusations hanging in the air, Elliot did delete a number of her problematic Instagram posts, but she has remained very silent about what's recently been said about her.
1: It's worth noting that she was also called out back in December for a racially insensitive comment she casually made uh, when on a panel with Alexis Mateo, Coco Montrese, and Kana Montrese regarding Black Girl Magic. Uh, And for other remarks she made while on Nicole Byer's podcast, Drag Her, um, I... Did some research, and apparently that episode of Nicole Byer's podcast has also been deleted. It, it's been
0: pulled, yeah.
1: Mm. Um, now, I didn't hear it, the that particular episode, mm-hmm. but uh, I do know that Elliot has made a written apology about that. But to date, there's really been nothing else. So, Portia, what do you make of this situation? Is Elliot with two Ts canceled with one L? Ooh.
0: Um, yeah, that's a tough one. I mean the evidence is definitely there and there's a pattern of really, I mean, it's a pattern of the white supremacy that exists in our culture. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's a pattern that plays out in all of our lives, no matter what we're doing. And so Mm -hmm. for Elliot, who is a white queen on a show that features all kinds of Queens and, Mm -hmm we know has a fan base that is particularly toxic when it comes to people of color and more specifically the black drag queens on the show. And quite frankly, the show itself doesn't deal well with a lot of its black and brown contestants, even though Mm. RuPaul is a black woman or a black man, depending on how she's choosing to present in that moment. So I don't want to get her I don't want to let her off the hook like I don't think she gets off the hook in this situation at all I do I do think it's a just a reflection of the culture and I'm sure. very disappointed in the fact that she did take a correction in December but mm-hmm. that was months after she had finished filming so it's like correct. girl you should know better she should have known better in June correct and she should have known better in December so I feel like this is just who she is and she has a lot of unlearning to do. Right. We've had this conversation before around canceling people or holding people accountable or calling people out versus calling people in. I mean, I think this is a moment where she really needs to step up to the plate and own up to what she's done and learn and grow and do better. But I'm not seeing that right now. So for me, I'm, I'm fully prepared to cancel Miss Elliot with two Ts, which is unfortunate because I was starting to enjoy her on the show. What do you think?
1: when I first started to hear about some of the controversies and I, and I was reading some of those older Instagram posts, you know, I hesitated for a second because you're right. Like that dialogue about pushing people out versus pulling people in. um, I, I do think that there's always an opportunity to grow from these sorts of situations, but there's a difference between a microaggression especially one that's unintentional sure, and and consistently doing like a pattern of this microaggressive behavior after you've been called out for it. Now we can look at the timeline and say that, okay, well, after this, after uh, more controversy in December, then she went back and deleted things and made a statement. But Candy has been very vocal on Instagram lives Mm -hmm. and on posts saying that Candy... During filming of the show was calling her out on it. Right. And that's that's why Candy said that Elliot needed to be more self-aware. Right. Candy just didn't want to go on national TV and be like, Elliot, you're saying some racist shit. Right. Instead, Candy went to her as a sister behind the cameras and told her, like, you, you can't say stuff like that constantly. We both know that RuPaul's Drag Race is a micro. No, it is not a microcosm. It is the Lord of the Flies of American racial culture. So with that said, uh, let's get that conch and take a quick break. Oh, Oh, I'm going to burp. No, didn't do it. Oh, no, didn't do it. For this week's challenge, the contestants have... Ooh, no, now I'm completely fucked up. For this week's challenge, the contestants have to make us, but actually just make RuPaul, laugh in an improv challenge of the quote-unquote reboot of the Bossy Rossi show. Uh, To make it more interesting, the girls are placed into teams, with Gottmik, Olivia, and Utica being team Escape from the Cult of Mimeology, Tina and Elliot my 600-pound ass is killing our friendship, team Candy and Simone, former teen queens, and finally team Denali, Rose, and Lala, pregnant with my imaginary boyfriend's baby. Um, Overall, the teams seem to be getting along well, with the exception of Mimology, where Utica and Olivia passively, aggressively vie for the same role. Uh, Portia, how would you handle that situation if you were in their heels?
0: Oh, that's a good question. I
1: She's the God warrior. She asks the questions. She
0: asked the real <laughs> questions. I mean, I am. So it's funny because like I am generally like the let's get along gang mm-hmm. and try to be very like open and, you know, flexible. I, I think in the context of a competition, though, like I would always want to make sure that I was putting myself in a position where I felt like I was going to do my best and also shine. So if I was reading over, let's say I was in that group and I was reading over that script Mm -hmm. or, you know, the the big story beats because it's improv, so it's not scripted. But um, the big story beats of that script, I would know or I would be able to pick, which is like, I think it's the funniest role or the one that I would do the best in. And I would definitely fight for that. I think I understand where Olivia was coming from in wanting that and Wanting it to be her thing, I don't love the fact that she was super passive about it. I probably would have been more active about it and said, "Listen, like, you can do this. I can do this. Like, I think this would be the best feel for me, and here's why." And then leave it at that. And if if I had gotten to the point where it was a stalemate, I would have been like, "Okay, well then let's just like flip a coin for it, right?" Because then ultimately, I completely agree that feels fair if we both feel really strongly agree. about it. Yep. Um, but I, I wouldn't like just wait for someone else to cave. That felt. Mm,
1: I 100% agree in those situations. Flip a fucking coin.
0: Yeah. Mm. Um. So, yeah, I was actually surprised to see Olivia be this, like, low-key diva. I was more surprised that Tina Burner made the same comment, and I was like, Tina Burner and I have agreed on something. Everyone, please oh. alert the media.
1: Oh. <laughs> Twitter alert. Tw-
0: push <laughs> alert. Honey, we have a problem. <laughs> um. And then I was... However, I was completely unsurprised that Utica, being the kindly Midwestern queen that she is, eventually Mm -hmm. caved and let Olivia take the mime roll. Now, I don't think it's a secret. I've mentioned this before on the podcast that I don't really like improv in general. I've been to enough really cringy improv shows and stuff where it's just kind of ruined the art form for me. Um, Mm -hmm. And on this show in particular, a lot of these girls are not natural banter girls. They lack the range and the reference. Like, sorry, right. just gonna say that out loud for people. Right. However, for this challenge, I feel like the scenes were generally okay. Like, they weren't... There wasn't anything that, like, had me dying, per se, but I wasn't, mm-hmm. like, super cringe. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was interesting, and I also thought it was interesting to have the girls comment on each other's performances in the middle of it, because I don't think they've done that before. Um. Mm. So, Siz, I know that you're a noted actress. <laughs> what were your notes on this challenge in particular?
1: To be clear, I'm not so much an actress as I am fake as fuck. Oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> I I agree with Portia here. I, I fucking hate improv. <laughs> um, my cripplingly vicarious secondhand embarrassment pulls me right out of a scene when people talk over each other and certain things just don't land. Mm. And it just makes me feel awkward. Um, in terms of the challenge, I do agree though. I think that this is, this was done well. And, and, you know, honestly, even though we don't like it, improv is a good opportunity to, for, for the girls to think on their feet, to create and hold characters. Um, and well, improv, uh, it's this is not an easy thing to do. That's true. It's not something you can prepare for. Mm-hmm. Um, Really, the and, and I've one of the things I've noticed about improv, especially on for RuPaul's Drag Race, is that queens constantly default into these Springer-esque fights. Sure. They love physical comedy. They're either fighting, ripping their wigs off or making out. And I think that those three uh tropes, are getting a little boring and so it's nice to see a little bit less physical comedy this time with the exception of tina Tina and and miss elliot um another thing i've noticed however is this recurring storyline of rosé and to a lesser extent denali being slept on Mm, um yeah Last week, I faulted the story producers for slipping up on the job, but I realized over the week it may be a result of the passing of Jacqueline Wilson.
0: Oh, yes.
1: So if for listeners who don't know, Jacqueline was one of the main longtime Emmy winning producers that made this show incredible. Uh, And I'm realizing now that it is very apparent that season 13 is suffering without her. Mm. Um, I've. Got more thoughts on the the outcome of the performances, sure. but we'll talk about those after the runway.
0: Oh, but before we get to the runway, there is something that I do also want to talk about, which is mm-hmm. the iconic T. S. Madison, mm-hmm. who was our oh. guest judge today. Um, uh. I love that bitch. She is insane. I've seen her live um, perform at Therapy mm-hmm. here in New York City. RIP. <gasps> what were the um, '90s like? girl i will find you and i will get you uh, wherever you are in fucking deep brooklyn um and so i i just i love me some t.s madison she makes me smile she makes me laugh i love mm-hmm. her story and i have to say like the fact that she had rupaul be on that show and invoke the step your pussy up get a job own a business bitch suck a dick <laughs> just the way it like fed my spirit in that moment in a way that mm-hmm. I didn't know I needed. Ugh, mm-hmm. it was it was everything. And again, thinking about how this is now on VH1 and we have a trans woman on the mm-hmm. judging panel like even as a guest, right? We have mm-hmm. this black trans woman who comes, you know, from a very difficult background like mm-hmm. has has been through sex work, etc., like mm-hmm the fact that she's up there and she's being featured and spotlighted, and people will know who Tia, more people will know who Tia's Madison is as a result of this, I think is really important.
1: And I, and I also like it because oftentimes look, love it or hate it. You know, I know that there's a lot of controversy surrounding RuPaul. There's constant controversy, um, a problematic fave, but I really am enjoying like the, oftentimes the RuPaul's drag race panel is all white Mm -hmm. And because you have Michelle, you have the two white gays and then so essentially three white gays. And then you have um, a a rotating one to two celebrities, oftentimes some, you know, basic B or C level celebrity who is either up and coming or, you know, whatever. But, you know, the having... This rotating in-house panel of Lonnie Love, Mm -hmm. Nicole Byer, and now, hopefully, TS Madison. Um, I love, like, just keep those three.
0: That's all I need. I don't
1: need, I don't need uh, Miley, Vanessa Hudgens. I don't need, I don't need all them. I'm so
0: into Voguing right now.
1: Yeah, I don't need Megan Trainer. I don't need, like, I don't need, I I don't don't need need Joel McHale. I don't need them.
0: I will take a Tandy Newton, though.
1: Okay. Fair point. (laughs) Now to the part we've all been waiting for. Yeah. Our contestants hit the runway this evening for the category of beat
0: it. Beat it, beat it, beat it. Oh,
1: it brings, I, I love this category. Um, it brings a number of interpretations to the floor, uh, and there's entirely too many girls to go down the look one by one. So let's go back to our tried and true method of calling out our favorite look of the week and our least favorite look of the week. And of course, me being the kind Utica Midwest soul I am, I will let myself go first. There so you
0: go.
1: <clears throat> mm, my favorite looks this week, I loved Rosé's. Okay. I loved Got Mix. Yes. And I loved Simone's. Yes. Um, my least favorite looks this week. Go off. Lala. Okay. Tina. And you're going to gag. Mm-hmm. Olivia Lux. And I'll tell you why. <gasps>
0: I'll
1: tell you why. No, no, no. You know what? I want to hear yours now. Tell me yours. So then we can get into okay, it. Okay.
0: Well, you know, I followed the instructions and only picked one in each category. Oh, okay. Well, so, if, you, if you could pick two, so, maybe three. I'll oh, I'll pick two because I have the ones that I know and then I'll have a, a nice closed alternate for <laughs> she the for- other one.
1: A.K.A. she forgot about the other girls Listen, in the ladies, middle.
0: I like to follow the prompt. But anyway, um, so my my top look for the week, I have to say I would have given it to Denali. I thought that her chandelier look was so exquisite and mm. beautiful. And it was mm-hmm. very drag, very impractical. Like mm-hmm. I thought she looked stunning and I'm really, really sad that she kind of just got waved by without consequence yeah. because I would have loved to have seen more of that being featured on the runway. So I think that she got super duper slept on for that runway. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that for me was my top. I think if I had a second look after that, I loved Simone. Um, I was not, so Rue mentioned at some point that it was like one of the best looks on the runway that they've ever seen. And I found that to be super hyperbole because it was a very simple look, but I thought it was a very effective look. My concern with Simone is that she has not, this is not the first time that she has done this kind of silhouette where she's showing a lot of body and she's got this natural model of body. So of course she's going to look great. And she's got this beautiful skin and she puts like a certain amount of like lotion or oil on it. And it's just like shiny and gorgeous. Um, but I need more than that, but she does give me those fun nods, like with the Simone on the back of the braids. Right. Mm -hmm. So she was my definitely like top two Mm -hmm. out of those bottom. Um, yeah. Tina burner. I'm sorry, gal. Like her performance saved her because she was much better than Elliot. Uh, and, but that, that outfit was she came out and then she hit the reveal and like you know you're supposed to go out and do like a reveal into something like more sickening and i think it it got got worse
1: worse yeah it it got sickening right it got
0: sickening in terms of like i need to go check for you know a fucking uh covid test or something because like i'm (laughs) ill like physically ill yeah, it was gross. And then she, she did the double reveal with the titties. And I was like, ooh. And then an Untucked, they clocked her for the titties not being the same shade as her body, which made me laugh. Thanking you. Um. And I what was like, the
1: other one that you didn't like? The
0: other one that I didn't like, and this is going to sound controversial and you're probably going to hate for it. Here we go. was Utica. I didn't really care for it either. I didn't think it was. I, the the beads didn't feel mm-hmm. like they were part of the look. Like they just Thank felt you. like an add-on to something. Thank you. So it was weird. I also agree. I don't think she was the bottom for me, but I didn't get like why the judges were like falling all over themselves over Olivia's look. And also, I cannot believe that no one said anything about her using the same wig as Candy Muse from a couple episodes ago. But go off.
1: To let's first, okay. First, I just want to say I feel that we have the same feelings about Utica's look as we do about Olivia's look. Like here is the thing: the category is beads the category is beads and that's why you either need to showcase a literal interpretation of beads 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 or you need to go conceptual with beads that's why i think uh from beads 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 the successful ones are like like you said denali rose and simone Mm. the the ones who went conceptual with the beads like uh got mick anal beads like that's also hilarious really Like it, it just works yeah
0: and she had like the douche nozzles on the beads exactly funny. but
1: like with Olivia and with Utica it's like that look is not a literal interpretation of bead usage nor is it that much commentary of what of the word beads and my, what I will say about the hair, um, I'm not going to call out the fact that the lace did not match her skin. It was cut wrong and it was not blended into her scalp with glue. I'm not going to call that out.
0: Oh, except because we just did, but go on. Because you can see it.
1: And I don't think that a winner should... Be winning things when it's very apparent that you held that wig in your hand and used craft scissors to cut it, which is why you have little divots when you should have left it on the wig head and then cut it. That said, I went back and I reviewed the two wigs and I did a side by side, like side by side, find out what's wrong with the picture. So spot the differences, girl. Here's the gag. Those are two different wigs. And what I'm thinking, because they have different. um, have different the, 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 Yeah, the colors are in different spots. And I'm like, there's no way that someone would undo that wig and redo then redo that. it.
0: Right.
1: I think that they're both. Here's the thing. We're investigative journalists now.
0: Here, yeah. And everywhere.
1: These here, here there and everywhere. So the girl Watergate part two. So here's the thing. Both, both of these girls are from New York and i'll bet you that they both went to the same wig maker oh. and we're like can you make a wig that's kind of like this and the wig maker because they're not able to tell them oh i'm going to drag race mm-hmm. so the wig maker's just like yeah i'll make you this thing here you go and then it just so happens that both of these girls commissioned a wig in a very specific style for a drag race um, and that's very regrettable what I would have done if I were Simone wear a different fucking hairstyle but apparently the judges don't care so good on her I guess wow that I don't know, you know
0: what that is a, a tinfoil lace front conspiracy I can get behind Um, <laughs> and probably and I wonder what the prompt was because you know and we've talked about this before the girls get mm-hmm. a list of things of kinds of looks that they need to pack but it's not the most specific right um mm-hmm. and so i wonder because they did that baby mini challenge i wonder if maybe it was like the baby oh. one i don't know like now my mind is going everywhere but who knows right i mean <laughs> at the end of the day the judges write down their scores and it's all tabulated by the accounting firm of rupaul fracking and charles uh, uh. and our top girls of the week are miss candy simone mm-hmm. and olivia And the bottom girls are Lala, Mm -hmm. Utica, Mm -hmm. and Miss Two T's, canceled Mm -hmm. with one L. (laughs) Are we aligned with these choices, or do we want to swap out some of these girls in this imaginary lineup we have?
1: I will completely swap out some girls with these lineups. Uh, I really appreciate Candy for listening to the judges' critiques, um, but I do you think it's odd that so many in our community are asking for accountability from Elliot? Whereas Michelle is freely allowed to ask girls to code switch oh. in this case, candy. Um, she's freely able to tell Dieter Ritz to quote unquote, lotion, lotion up, up girl, her hyperpigmentation. Um, and also Michelle is able to dictate to Plastique an immigrant uh, what her real accent is i am just confused at the sliding scale here um it's like hmm. that bizarro world where world of wonder says black lives matter all of a sudden after leaving tyra out to out to dry for the last six years but i mean to be fair um, tyra
0: was like openly bomb threatening
1: okay so after a while she did do the bomb threat right so i don't so po- post A few years ago, yes. Uh, But I'm also confused as to why Rose was not at the top. Her runway was finally flattering to her body. Um, She she had a she had the most. She got there. (laughs) Like what was it during the little black dress challenge when she looked like a sandwich? She
0: looked like a to quote Raven.
1: (laughs) Uh, But I thought that in the challenge. Her jokes were the most punny. Uh, They were thoughtful. They landed. Her character was great. And her look was made entirely out of beads. Um, Olivia's character was fine during the miming section. Mm -hmm. But during the spoken breakthrough, I wasn't laughing. Um, What did you think?
0: Yeah, I, I am inclined to agree with you. I think that, and we talked about it earlier in the episode, but... Rosé and Denali have definitely been slept on throughout this competition, and I think Mm -hmm. Rosé more so. And so this probably would have been a good opportunity to recognize her and at least give her a top, if not a win. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't... I, Yeah, Olivia was really funny with the physicality, and I think that that is definitely where she's shown. But then, yeah, as soon as... I I think after that piece I think the scene really started to fall apart in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um it wasn't helped by the fact that Utica came out in this very weird uh like trash like trailer trash mom yeah. sort of thing but she's a trailer trash mom but she also has super long nails and gets a venti Starbucks.
1: I don't know. I I don't I don't agree with this scenario but it doesn't matter what I think because congratulations are in order to miss Olivia Lux, who managed to earn her second win in a row.
0: Congrats, girl.
1: I mean, it's proof that using the Mix Porsche control method, uh, stand your ground uh, and cuss a bitch out, <laughs> and maybe on air say that you would love to toss a coin. <laughs> Um, our bottom two queens this week are, uh, Elliot with two Ts and someone that I forgot was still on the show, Lala Brie. And, uh, girl, am I wrong?
0: I mean, she's a lovely gal.
1: She is a lovely gal. She's very funny and sweet. Yeah. Um, they lip sync to in in the perfect example of white women putting on aave uh, affectations they lip sync to whole lot of women by kelly clarkson I've never heard uh, that
0: song in my entire life I was so confused
1: Neither have There's I so many and many I was other just like
0: amazing kelly clarkson songs but maybe like they were trying to skimp on the budget for this particular episode
1: I... Right. We're we're really, really deep diving into the uh, the back catalog (laughs) of the B, the B team. Um, uh, Both of them, they gave it their all. But Lala is asked to sashay away. Um, We're glad that we got the Lala re-experience points, but we didn't have enough to level up.
0: What is the Lala re-experience? Because I feel like all of it really includes is Mm -hmm. colored contacts.
1: Not the view.
0: <laughs> but you know what? You know what I would like to experience? A break. <clears throat> Why don't we do that? <laughs> Honey, this episode of Drag Race was all over the place, dear sister. But in the end, it feels like we ended up in the right place. And that's mm. a lovely metaphor for life, isn't it?
1: Okay, cut the the Oprah thing, gal. Fuck out of here. Okay, that doesn't work.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, you rude bitch. Uh, Anyway, (laughs) next week we will be back, back, back again and covering the latest episode of RuPaul's Drag Race Season 13. And now it is time for a rusical. (gasps) Will Rosé or Denali finally achieve the first win and stop being so motherfucking annoying and untucked? Here's hoping. But until next time, I'm Portia,
1: and I'm Portia's swing, Syzygy. and this was Drag nabbit Okay, now to clarify for the listeners, while I while we're rolling the music, now a swing is like in Broadway. Uh, the, she, gosh, she's honestly, the cover. She she's
0: go? the vacation cover, and if I'm right, sick, but, she can go on in my stead. Right.
1: When after you go to PV and you get the COVID, oh. then I would. Ah!